0: found yourself in a space where you're like what did what, were, what are you saying what are you talking about what's going on right now or you're just really confused as to what's someone saying what they're talking about or you're just like they're, they're talking but you really you just couldn't care less you, you just can't tune in you don't you don't care and it's hard because it's easy to understand and know how important listening is, and I think it's important to understand what the process looks like, but what's really difficult is to slow down enough to actually listen enough to listen better. Today's podcast is going to be on listening. We're going to look at types of listening, types of ineffective listening, so how we get stuck We're going to look at why we don't listen and how come we don't listen better than we do. And then we'll talk about what we can do to become better listeners. So with that, uh, this is on listening. And I really honestly think listening is how we love people better. And when we're thinking about the world and how the world is and how we don't really love each other that much because we don't really listen to each other that much. I thought this would be something that would be great to kick off the month of gratitude. Um, I'm reframing November as gratitude month. It's not Thanksgiving month. It's gratitude month. Uh, Let's be gracious and grateful for the things that we have and learn how to appreciate the things that are there. So starting off with types of ineffective listening. Sometimes we're pretending to listen or we look like we're listening. We do this to our kids a lot and it's kind of rough because like you claim to love your kid and your kid's trying to talk to you all the time. When your kid's trying to talk to you all the time, they're trying to show you they love you, they care about you. They want you to know what's going on. And it's funny, we don't want to listen because they want our attention, and we don't give them our attention because we don't want to listen, right? So mindless listening is a private matter, but this... Pseudo-listening is an imitation of the same idea. You give the appearance of being attentive. You look people in the eye, you nod at them, um, you say, oh yeah, what, oh no, that's crazy, whatever, right? But you're not really tuning in. And it's funny, it can take a lot more effort than actually tuning in, than actually caring enough to care enough to really take the time to actually hear somebody. Uh, Stage hogging is another idea and it's kind of uh, used by folks that people are called people will call conversational narcissists. These are folks that try to turn the topic of the conversation to themselves instead of showing interest in the listener. Now, sometimes people are trying to say how they hear you and how they're trying to connect what you're saying to their experience. But what you got to do if you tend to use us, like if you tend to like use this thing, right, where you shift things back to you and your experience, you need to make sure that the people feel heard and understood in what they're saying and what they're feeling. First, before you talk about how you feel like you've experienced this thing, until you talk about how you've gone through this stuff yourself. So, one stage hogging strategy that people will use is called the shift response, and that's kind of changing the focus of the conversation from the speaker to the person that's hoping to speak, to the person that's hoping to have an opportunity to talk. So, uh, people will do this well do this in a way where they're like, well, you think that's bad or you think you got problems. Let me tell you about my problems, right? You see how that's not really listening? That's waiting for your opportunity to tell you about people's problems rather than empathizing, saying, I know how you feel because I've been in a situation like this. Uh, But... also, besides preventing listeners from really learning valuable information, it really damages the relationship because instead of really listening for what you're trying to hear from this person, what you're trying to get from this person, you take yourself into a space where you become the subject of the conversation. You become the thing that's considered most important. You become the thing that is demanding all the attention. So an example of this is people who interrupt um, Questions of employment interviews are likely to be rated less favorably than applicants who wait until the interview has finished speaking before they respond. So remember, when we're listening, listen, 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 listen. Um, I'll show you about more about how we can listen better, but we can like paraphrase listen to make sure that we're understanding what people have said. <laughs> Selective listening is another problem selective listening is where you only respond to the remarks that you're interested in so you really don't like tune into stuff you're only listening for parts of things that you think you care about and so you're not listening to the overall message you're listening to the message of the part the part of the message that you like you're listening to the part of the message that you're interested in but you're not really tuning into the whole part of things sometimes it is legitimate like when we try to like tune out like radio commercials or we're tuning out commercials on Spotify for example Uh, we'll do that and we're not trying to listen to things and sometimes we'll tune in because we're trying to listen for like the news report or the daily update or if we're trying to listen to the radio to get a sense of what the weather might look like Um, selective listening is a lot less appropriate in personal settings because we are only giving partial attention to the person that we're supposed to be listening, the person that we're supposed to be showing that we love by listening. And so think about it. Like if you listen to someone and you do selective listening, you're only saying I love you like 60% because you're only listening 60% of what they say because you only find 60% of what they're interested in. Uh, you only list, you're only listening to 60% of what they're saying and you're only saying I'm really only interested in you to this degree and usually you're only saying you're listening to this person to this degree because that's the area that you care about that's like the thing that affects you insulated listening is the optive, is kind of the opposite of the selective cousin selective listening uh, there so instead of looking sp- for specific information um They avoid listening at all. So when a topic arises that they're not interested in dealing with, insulated listeners fail to hear this concept or idea, or they fail to acknowledge this concept or idea. So... They remind you about an issue, a problem, and they'll say, yeah, do you understand me? And you'll be like, yeah, sure. But then you basically, like, you insulate yourself from hearing about these issues. You, like, it's like a force field around, like, the topic of, like, a problem. And you reject what you don't want to hear because you don't want to connect to that thing so it's a way of avoiding topics it's a way of just being like yeah whatever man and then you move on so it looks like you listen it looks like you care but you don't really acknowledge it and you don't let anything sink in Defensive listening is folks that have a hard time listening to people because they feel like they're under attack. Uh, Self-disclosure moment, I have problems with this. Uh, I feel like when I'm getting attacked, I get really defensive. I have a hard time hearing. And it's funny because sometimes when people are talking to me about things like this and I start getting defensive, they're not even talking about me. But I make it about me and then I get defensive. Defensive. So an example of what defensive listening might look like, it could be a teenager who perceives her parents' questions about her friends to be distrustful snooping rather than just trying to understand. Or it could be touchy parents who view questioning by their children as a threat to their authority or a threat to their inherent wisdom. Uh, sometimes when, like, when we're trying to ask questions so we can understand things, like people will get in stuck in a phrase in a frame of defensive listening i can do this with my partner sadly michelle can be just trying to understand stuff uh, just trying to get a sense of what's going on but because i don't know things and because i feel analyzed i get really defensive Uh, and it's funny because she's just trying to listen she's just trying to engage with my topic but damned if i'm just not doing it well sometimes we listen to ambush people So what you do is you listen to find things to attack people with. Uh, This is done in fights, or this is done when you're resentful. So you're really not listening. You're just listening to find somebody something to attack people with. Uh, This is used a lot in debate-style communication, where you're kind of like cross-examining the person to take parts of what they say to use it against them. Uh, Needless to say, this strategy is... Um, going to make people defensiveness. And uh, when, you're, when you start doing ambushing listening, you're going to make the other person defensive. You're not really listening to try to hear what they're understanding. You're really just listening for your own ends to get to your own space of understanding. Lastly, it's the last one is insensitive listening. And those who are insensitive listening respond to superficial content in the message, but they miss the more important emotional information that's going on so we could be like oh hey how's it going and they could be like "Mm, you know fine and you're like well that's great you see how you didn't really pick up on the meta communication there you didn't pick up on the thing behind the thing that was being said and it could really be super disrespectful and it hurts people because like they're trying to tell you what they're feeling but you don't care and you just gloss over it because like you're being insensitive So here's some reasons why we don't listen better than we do. Uh, When you think about these ineffective listening strategies, we fall into these areas because we only listen carefully a very, very small percentage of the time. Uh, And it's, it's a sad truth, but it's impossible to listen all the time. And there's several reasons why we don't listen better than we do. The first one is, we're just overloaded with messages. We are bombarded with different messages by different people over and over again all the time. So it's different to fo- difficult to focus on message because uh, it's really hard to weed through what should be important and what shouldn't when we got so many things trying to demand the attention of our ears. We've got personal media. We got text messages, phone calls, emails, instant messages. We got notifications. We got social media notifications. all And you're trying to be heard by other people too. That's a lot of messages going around all at the same time trying to vie for a sense of attention. And we're just overloaded. And so because we're overloaded, we don't listen because we're just like, I'm not trying to hear all that stuff. Another thing that happens is we're preoccupied a lot of the time. So another reason we don't listen carefully is because we're thinking about things, we're dwelling about stuff, we're worrying about, um, sometimes we're time shifting. I like to call time shifting where you're worrying about a problem in the future, right? So you're not fully present now because you're worrying about something that was going to happen later, or you're... Worried about something that's going to happen Actually, um, anxiety is worrying about the future uh, If you're worrying about the past Your time shifting to the past Worrying about something that you don't have control over any longer Something that's already passed Something that you really can't do anything about anymore anyway uh, So again, that preoccupation It's difficult to pay attention to someone else When you're worrying about something else And you're trying to come up with a plan in your head So you need to find notice that this is going to be a problem About why we don't listen better Another thing that makes it really difficult to listen and tune in is that we think faster than we talk. So we're capable of understanding speech at rates of 600 words per minute, but people only speak at between 100 to 150 words per minute. So because of the fact that we can process faster than we actually can hear things, we will fill up our mental spare time with wondering about something else or getting preoccupied or something else or what does this really mean for me right so you start decoding a message before the message is all gone and you are not really tuning in or slowing down enough to understand so sometimes you'll think about things that you're interested in like what do I want for lunch today or you'll start daydreaming about a different topic or you'll start planning up what you're gonna say and so um, the, tick, the trick to effective listening is to try to use this spare time to understand the speaker's ideas rather than letting that attention wander. <clears throat> Another reason why we don't listen better is because honestly, listening takes effort. Effective listening takes hard work. Physical changes happen to us when we start carefully listening. Uh, and giving the effort that it really takes, like our heartbeat, it will increase. Our respiration will increase. Our body temperature will rise. And if you think about living in Phoenix, like I live here in Phoenix, when it's really hot, it's hard to put the effort in something like that. Because if you're outside in 108 and you're really trying to focus and listen, you're going to up your body temperature. You're going to start breathing faster. And it's harder to do those things in a hot space, right? So, listening carefully to a speaker can be almost as taxing as a working as a workout, especially if. You're you're emotional about what this person has to say. So if you come home exhausted because you've been listening to people at work all day, you would then understand how draining that process can be. So one of those things that you can do to help with these things is understand that maybe you need some silence on the way home. You know, if you get paid to listen to people and discern really carefully about their listening, maybe you need some blank space of nothing before you come home to talk, about, to, talk to the people that you care about the most. Another reason why we have a hard time listening is just external noise. There is just a lot of noise out there. So fans, um, background music, all this other stuff can really get in the way of trying to listen, to tune in, to care about what's going on with a message. And then lastly, uh, an issue, oh, there's there's a couple of other things. There's more than than just this lastly. Uh, We make faulty assumptions. So sometimes when we're listening to people, we assume what they're saying. We assume this could be a fight. We assume they're getting along when they're really having a problem. And it's because, again, we're not really attending to the message. We're starting to think about, well, what does this message mean for me? Right. So uh, people will tune in to the radio station. W.I.F.M. What's in it for me all the time. And when we listen to try to get a sense of understanding of what's going on with this other person and what it's going to mean to us, we're listening to WIFM, what's in it for me, and we're making faulty assumptions about things. Another reason we don't listen well is because we don't really understand that the there's really great advantages to tuning in and listening to people. Um, your relationship's are going to be a lot better. Your understanding of other people is going to be a lot better. Your communications like climate with this person is going to be completely different. Um, part of the reason we, we don't listen better is we think our idea is better than theirs, that we think if we don't interrupt them, you're never going to get to say your idea. You don't know what they're going to say. Um, you want to finish people's thoughts because you think your thoughts are better. Uh, there's nothing about their idea that's going to improve without your additions to what they're going to say. Um, you think it's more important for you to get recognized than it is for them to recognize their idea, or you just think you're more important than they are. Right? And it's hard because we're so interested, we're so worried about being interesting. But if we really want to connect with other people, what we need to do is be interested. Who is this person? What do they have to say? What's going on with their thoughts and ideas? And what does that mean? Right? If you can really be interested in what they have to say, I think it's really going to make a difference. The last reason we're not, like second to the two reasons, more reasons why we have a hard time. Sometimes we have hearing problems. Both me and my partner have hearing problems. Our hearing's been damaged in some way, especially when we're trying to listen to people and there's a lot of noise and we're trying to cut through noise. It takes a lot more effort to try to hear that person. And so our listening ability could be a physiological issue that makes it really hard to hear and understand people. And sometimes we need to change environments. Uh, And it's really hard because, like, we're in a space where we want to hear you, but we can't hear you. And because we feel so stupid about saying what, what, what all the time, we just act like we're listening rather than really addressing, like, this is a place where I can't hear you. Right. See how that's an issue. And then lastly, uh, part of the problem why we have a hard time is we lack training in listening. Even if we want to listen better, we don't know how to listen better. A common mistake of belief is that breathing, like listening is an idea like breathing. We breathe all the time, so we must be good at listening all the time. And that is not true. I've been listening since a child. I don't need to study this concept. Again, this is part of the problem. Uh, yes, everybody does it, but there's very few people who do it well. Less than 2% of all people have had any formal training in listening. So they think they're good at it. But they're really not that good at it because they're not practicing listening with intention. So what can we do, last point, to meet the challenge and issue of listening? Uh, One of the things we can do is just attempt to talk less. Um, It's been said that we've been given two ears but one mouth, and that is so we can listen more and speak less. So sometimes we just got to find a time and space not to add our thoughts and ideas. We got to find time and space just to listen and attend more and be in a space where we're not having to put ourselves in a place where we're actively listening all the time. Uh, Most of us talk too much when we're when we claim we're trying to understand people. In most cultures, including indigenous cultures, uh, like they'll value listening as much, if not more, than talking. Uh, this is part of the reason why uh, indigenous cultures have had a talking stick. Uh, so the person with the stick talks and everybody else listens. And well, when they pass the talking stick, what they'll do... Is they'll say, I think I heard you say this, right? So they'll tr- attempt to paraphrase the thing that the person said before, before they respond, and before they um, try to add what they have to say next and so somebody's talks right then I get the stick and I listen and so they're talking and I listening, and I don't have the stick then I get the stick and I go so I heard you say blah 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 is that correct then I pass the stick and they say yes that's correct or they say no you said this and I actually meant that then I take it back and then I say so okay at first I thought you said this but you're clarified and said you said this and that is that correct boom they give them the stick back and they're like yes You see how that slows down the whole conversational space so you really can get to a a spot where you have completely heard the other person all the way and you've clarified, you've checked for understanding to make sure that you understand this idea. Another thing you can do is just let the let the conversation unfold and slow down. Don't prematurely judge what the person has said. Don't prematurely judge what's going on. Our tendency is greatest when a speaker's ideas conflict with our own. So when somebody's saying you don't like something you don't like, you start judging what they have to say, and you start tuning out with what they have to say. Or you're tuning into WIFM, What's In It For Me, and you're coming up with ideas that are against those ideas so you can fight them um, and so conversations that should be exchanges of ideas then attempt then sometimes fall into verbal batter battles where opponents are attempting to ambush each other to um, fight one another to try to win a victory so instead of really trying to understand someone where are they coming from what are they thinking of we get into a battle with them that doesn't really lead anywhere anywhere productive So I think I've given this example before, like um, if it's wall or no wall, right? We're talking about the Trump wall here in America. I'm going to not listen, right? Because I feel like there should be no wall and I don't like the whole wall idea. But if I listen to why you want a wall, what your concerns that make you feel like a wall is going to help you, I could have a conversation about economic security, I could have a conversation about safety, I could have a conversation about job security, right? I could have conversations on all those topics. But if it's framed in an issue where it's just wall or no wall, I'm gonna have a hard time listening. Because there's only two ideas. The last thing that you can do is you can listen for key ideas. So it's easy to lose patience with long winded speakers who don't ever seem like they're going to get to the point or they have the point. Or, or even if they have a point period, right? But nevertheless, we, they do have a central idea. What you need to do is listen and listen carefully and take kind of like mental notes. So you were like, I heard him say blah, like point one. I think I've heard you say point two. And I think I've heard you say point three. So then when you respond, you can really listen well enough to see if they're like, hey, so I think you said A, B, and C. Is that correct? And then they can clarify. So um, there's a couple of listening responses that we can engage in that I should, uh, that I wanted to mention too. Prompting. Prompting uses silence and brief statements of encouragement to draw others out. Uh, Besides helping you better understand uh, the speaker, it can also help you clarify their thoughts and feelings. So prompting can be a catalyst where you help people find their own answers. Prompting works best when it's done with sincerity and it's done sincerely. So you need to make sure your nonverbal behaviors, your eye contact, your posture, your facial expression, your tone of voice show that you're concerned and you're dialed in to listening to what they have to say. Another thing that can help us listen better is questioning. It's easy to understand why questioning has been called the most important and popular piece of language. Asking for information that can help both the speaker with what they're asking and the person who's thinking of the questions get answers to um, their partner is going to make a big difference. The questioning can help the asker in at least three ways. The first one is fill in facts and details that will sharpen your understanding. Also, asking questions can help you learn what others are thinking and what they're feeling. And then lastly, it gets you to start moving towards what they want, right? Usually when people are talking, uh, there's an unmet need, and we just don't know what the need is. And we get impatient, and we just try to figure out the need. Or we get impatient, and we start problem-solving towards the need before we even have a sense of what's going on. So uh, some little things that you can do to help you... um, make a difference is to um, really focus on questions that are going to help you understand things better. The last thing that you can do to really make a sense of showing people that you care is paraphrase what they said. So paraphrasing is saying, so if I understand you right, you're saying blah, 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 right? So you're going to have to know those key ideas. I heard you say this, I heard you say this, and it's making you feel this, right? So you've got to listen to get a sense of what's going on. Uh, And you don't want to just parrot them. You don't just want to repeat the thing that they said. You want to get a deeper sense of what's going on with them. So so you can understand them better so to understand the difference between paraphrasing and parroting uh, would go like this speaker says i'd like to go but i can't afford it parroting would be you like to go but you can't afford it paraphrasing is so if we could find a way to pay for you to go you'd be willing to come is that correct You see how you use different words to get to the same idea? You get to different words to help you understand what the person's trying to say, and you get to different words that really gets to the sense of what's going on. So here's another example. The speaker says, you look awful. You pair it with, you think I look terrible. Um, Paraphrasing could be, it sounds like you think I've put on too much weight or I don't look like I'm in a healthy space, right? You try to give a little bit more context and clarity to what's going on so you can really understand what's happening. So remember, when you're paraphrasing, you need to change the speaker's wording to some of your own words, the words that you like, the words that you understand, so you can get a better sense of what's going on and how you can listen to them better. Uh, Lastly, support. You need to give support to what someone's feeling. And remember, sometimes support is going to look differently based on what the person needs, right? So there's, there's five different ways we can support. Uh, a lot of times, we just need to empathize with what people are going through. If you've never seen the It's Not About the Nail video, Google It's Not About the Nail because it's great. Because sometimes we're, we, we're looking for empathy when we're talking to people, but then they start problem solving and that's not what they want. They want empathy, not problem solving. Sometimes they're looking for agreement. Hey, is what I'm saying accurate? Am I? Are my feelings justified? Is this situation as difficult as I think it is, right? So they're looking for agreement. So they're looking for you to see that you understand and agree with them. Um, you can not agree them, with them if you want to, but that's what they're needing is a form of agreement. Sometimes they're looking for offers to help. So sometimes they are looking for you to to be there for them so let me give you examples of empathy and agreement so with empathy you can be, you could say i can understand why you're upset about this or yeah i feel like that class or that job was really difficult for me too with agreement you could be like uh you could say something like you're right it sounds like your landlord's really being unfair or you could say you know it sounds like this job is the perfect match for you now, with offers to help, uh, sometimes they need you to be there. Sometimes they need you to assist with something. So you could be like, uh, I'm here if you need me, is an offer to help. Or you can say, I'd happy to be to study with you for the next test if you'd like. Right? So they're looking for that offer of assistance. Sometimes they're looking for praise. Right? So you could say something like, oh, wow, you did a really great job. Or you could be like, you know, you're a terrific person. And if this other person doesn't recognize that you're a great person, then that's their issue right they're looking for validation uh last one is kind of similar to praise but it's more like it's it's framed as reassurance and uh this can be statements that help put them at ease to make them feel better about what just happened so you could be like well i'm sure you're gonna do a great job right so you reassure them with that or you could sound you could say the worst part is over it'll probably be easier from here right so again when we're listening really like dial into those ideas So with that, let's go over what we talked about today. Were you able to listen well? Were you able to tune in what I had to say? Uh, Did you get anything out of it? So the first thing that we talked about was the challenge of listening. What are some of the problems that come with listening? Uh, Then we looked at why we don't listen better than we currently do. What are some of those problems that make it hard to listen in ways that we do? We looked at some listening responses. Um, We looked at uh, how we could show how we're listening and how we could listen better. And we looked at what we could do uh, to paraphrase what's being said. And we also looked about like uh, supporting. How could we support people better? So again, that's what I had for the podcast for today. If you're interested in anything that I had to say, I used Looking Out, Looking In. It's an interpersonal communication book that my partner uses in her class. Uh, I use a different book, Um, but this is the book that we had in, in the in the house and I thought this would be a good thing to look at this would be a good thing to check in on so with me let's look at what I have been up to later so self-care has been a lot better since I checked in with you in the last podcast um, my meditation's not exactly where I like to see it, and it's because I'm still in a place of catching up. But my working out's been really good. I've gone to the gym at least three to four times a week, uh, not the five that I'd like to see. And my cardio is probably only like two times a week, but that's getting a lot better. For meditation, I've managed I think three times a week so far. I think I might have only got two in last time, but that's getting better. So I need to up the cardio a little bit and I need to up the meditation a little bit. And I definitely need to eat up my four, seven, eight breathing, because I have not been up on that as much as I like to have been up on that. Let's see. What have I done in the world to make the world a better place? I did my Frank Talks work. I did service at Andre House. Um, so I took some students down to Andre House to feed the homeless. I did a talk on what is diversity, what is equity and what is inclusion at the Glendale Foothills Library as a part of a project that I'm working on through with Arizona Humanities, which was awesome. I've been coaching those little kids with the peewee football and so far we're undefeated. Um, but the more important thing is I think we're starting to make some really holistic good young men. Uh, which is a big part of what we need in this world is holistic, good young men. I've been working on a new committee that I'm at on work with the Native American Student Services Committee. And we're looking at trying to create our charter, what we're about, what we're hoping to do. Gone to two different games for football. um, Got more coaching and stuff like that. And also talked to my friends with Healing Racism. We're looking at doing... um, kind of like a white wokeness series that might go for over the course of two years. So it's going to be a big, long, amazing project, but I'm also excited to see like what will happen with that. So healing racism kind of getting kicked off there. I'm teaching my city of Phoenix class and that's going well. And then I also worked with some young girls just yesterday to help them better get a sense of who they are so they can better articulate who they are and what they want to do in the world so they can make the world a little bit of a better place. And let's see, I need a recommendation of the po- of the podcast. So what do I recommend to you? I think what I would recommend is what I'm going to be doing next weekend, which is let's take a second to take care of yourself. Because remember, you are where all those things come from. If you don't take care of a you, nobody else is going to take care of a you for you. So you need to take care of yourself first. So find some time to rest, to take a breath. Um, I would I would also say this, um, another recommendation of the podcast, for this month, every day this month, write down three things you're grateful for. It could be a big thing, it could be a little thing. I could be grateful for a really great dinner, or I could be grateful for um, the fact that I have a lovely family, or I could be grateful for walks with my dog every evening that helped ground me and sent me, or you could be thankful for the Inclusive Activism podcast, right? But Do it and write it down, and then I challenge you to review at the end of the month all those things you are grateful for and include one thing each day that you're looking forward to. If you can focus on being appreciative of the things that you have, you, my friend, will be a lot happier person at the end of this month, and you'll be a lot more grateful for the month that happened to you. So with that, I want to remind you to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us on Stitcher, rate and review us on whatever other pod server that you're listening to. Let us let other people know that this is something that you're getting a lot of value at because this is a service that I give to you. I do not get paid for this. Um, it helps people get a sense of my ability to speak or teach and talk about topics, but by no means do I get any money for doing what I'm doing. And now I am not only recording and creating content I'm producing so um, that means this the cost for me giving this to you has gone up quite a bit and not that you need to do anything about that but I'm letting you know that this is something that takes a bit out of me it takes more time than I would expect it takes more effort than I would expect Um, but I do it because I'm really hoping that you're getting something out of this and that this is something that matters to you so remember rate and review share with your friends Uh, Share with people that might make a difference with that. And then also, if you have something to say, um, I have been talking by myself a lot recently. So one of the things you can do is get a hold of me at 860-576-9393. Again, you can text me at 860-576-9393. You can text me. You can leave a voice message. I like the voice messages because then I can feel like I'm talking to somebody. Um, That would be exciting for me. You can email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's I-N-C-L-U-S-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M dot com. And the other thing that's been really nice is I've had people tell me that they've been getting stuff out of the podcast, telling me that they've really enjoyed some pieces of the podcast and telling me about those things. But there's people that listen to this podcast I don't know, that I don't see, that I'd love to hear from, because it gives me more motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. I said that I was going to do this for three years. Three years comes up in February. And I really need to reassess what I'm doing and if I want to continue on this path. So your feedback and you telling me that this matters would help me a long way to understand that this is something that's important. So with that, I appreciate you. And I'm grateful for my listeners. And I'm grateful every time I check the stats and I see, uh, like, the downloads have gone up. I'm grateful to see... um, That people seem to care about what I'm talking about or hopefully that they're able to use some of these things that I have to say. Because as inclusive activists, we need to get better at listening to other people. If we can really listen to and connect to other folks, I think we can get to a place where we can start to create that better world for all of us that we're looking for. So um, I saw I got 141 new listeners yesterday on the second. It was a big day. I'm glad for that. Um, And I'm hoping you're getting something out of this too because we need to do something to help heal this world that we live in But we got to heal ourselves. We got to look at our ugly truth that we need to deal with on ourselves We need to um, be more patient with somebody else's ugly truth so we can help them on some of that stuff And we need to find a way to come together because this world needs us to get better quickly, badly So with that, I hope you're well. I'm sending love your direction And I'm hoping that you're blessed and grateful for all the things you have in your life. And thank you for your time and thank you for your attention.